Hi, everybody. This is Keith Music Man Henelek with the Final on Vinyl podcast. And tonight we are with Rick Randlett, uh, known as a blues artist, but in this particular instance, known as Orchestra Indigo. Uh, it's his first effort into the New Age uh, contemporary instrumental area of, uh, of music, and his album Farewell to Memories will be due out on September 9th. Welcome, Rick. Thanks, Keith. Glad to be here. Glad you are here. I am and here. I, <laughs> I enjoyed your music very much, and uh, it was kind of funny when when I first got um, the album, and your name came up. I'm like, well, this can't be the same person. He's a he's a blues artist. That so kind of <laughs> threw me off. So uh, interesting. I'm sure you have a lot of fans out there for your the five blues albums that you released over your career and um, what pulled you in this direction? Uh, that's a good quote. A lot of different things, but the main thing that got me going was uh, the uh, the COVID pandemic because I, I had just released an album called Night Songs and basically everything shut down a week later. Uh, oh, so I that's sort of like... Huh? Yeah, so I, so I basically pulled the album back and said, well, you know, we'll wait a month here and then we'll get out on the road. <laughs> and, right. it, it, <laughs> and, you know, I've had a recording, you know, I've done recording for a long, long time. And so I was sitting here by myself doing, I was basically, I teach lessons, I teach private lessons. And so I'm teaching my lessons by Zoom and basically, you know, isolated, and so I couldn't really do, you know, blues stuff, and I had just finished an album anyways, so I just started messing around with things. Uh, I Just a little more background, I, I went to college for music. I got a bachelor's degree in music education, and at the time I decided I wanted to uh, be a composer and teach in college. So I started grad school at UMass in theory and composition. And I did one semester and ran into money problems. And the next thing I knew, I was playing in a full-time band touring all over New England and Canada. And so life changed. <laughs> oh. uh, so in some ways, I'm actually coming back to, you know, what I originally thought I was going to do when I was 20, 21 years old. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, well, I've always had that, you know, I've studied orchestration, I've studied composition theory, and it's it's nice to work. As much as I love blues, it's kind of neat to get a chance to work in a different field where there's I, uh, there's so much more variety. I can use more colors than I can in the blues world. Uh, well, for your first shot at it, it's definitely an impressive release. Uh, very eclectic and enjoyable. And um, I see you're a New England native, which I am as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, not a native. I was actually born in Philadelphia. And... Oh. Uh, we were we moved to New Hampshire when I was fourteen years old. Oh, I see. I lived in New Hampshire until the mid eighties when I moved to Florida. 
Oh, that's where you are now, Florida? Yeah, I've been in Florida now, yeah, since like 85, 86, I've been in Florida. I see. So, so with this uh, album, how'd you come up with the, the name Orchestra Indigo? <laughs> I, I was trying, well, I knew I wanted a different name because I didn't want people looking for this music and, you know, looking me up on YouTube or something and saying, well, this guy's a blues guy. This can't be right. So I knew I wanted to have a separate name for it to keep it separate. So I was just going through things, and I came up with the idea of orchestra. Uh, and I, I, at one point I was thinking like sort of what, uh, like the Sun Ra, his orchestra thing with the weird spelling. And yeah. I was thinking doing something like that and but then I decided just the regular then I just started like say, okay, orchestra what? And going through words and just things that popped in my head. And at some point indigo popped in my head and I went, you yeah, know, that's kinda cool. Uh, you know, 'cause you can create a visual for it and you know and there's something kinda mysterious about it. I said, Okay, we'll go with that. So no yeah. That that really got me to thinking. I you know I, I like to look at the whole package when somebody puts a release out, and I try to pull as much information and ideas that I have for for what's being presented. And uh, I, I keyed in on that. If, you know, I, I looked up Indigo, and you know, sure enough, there was a a pretty cool thing out there about Indigo. I referred to the Indigo children and how they were mysterious and magical and so forth. So I, I like that. Yeah, I didn't know that, so I read it in your review, and I, that interested me also. That was like, wow, this is cool. Nice little, you know, interesting fact I didn't know. So Yeah, that that just makes the, the whole experience more full and interesting when you're yeah. able to take the time and look into things that way and consider things, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. So, what went into making this album? I mean, uh, what instruments did you use? Um, I'm sure you used the synthesizer strings, like you uh, had mentioned there in your um, on your website and everything. So, can you give us a little overview of what went into that and how long it took? Yeah, uh, it took uh, probably six months because uh, I started out just writing short pieces thinking maybe they'd sell them to music libraries and stuff like that. And then it just kind of expanded from there. But I've got, uh, I have a, a Roland Juno synthesizer and I have a, uh, a modal cobalt but I also, that I use, but I also have a lot of like virtual synthesizers uh, that I use oh. also. And some, uh, some different voice sound libraries and things. Uh, so it's a combination of everything. I you know I have one piano voice that I use all the time. It's uh, and it's amazing because it's free. It uh, there's a company in England called Spitfire Labs that does sample libraries. Oh, and okay. This section this this thing called Labs. It's a pro project they do. And all the Labs voices are free. Okay? And what this is, is 
they actually went to uh, the composer Philip Glass. They went to his house in Long Island and sampled his grand piano in his house. And oh. that, uh, and it's a beautiful sounding piano, and the room is beautiful, and so that's what I use for my main piano sound. Uh, every time I bring that up and play it, it just sounds, you know, it it makes you want to play and write music. It's just, and plus the connection to another, you know, a you know very famous composer is kind of cool to be, you know, okay, I'm sitting here playing his piano. <laughs> Yeah, Philip Glass definitely has a name out there. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I use that piano. Pretty much every piano sound you hear on the album is that sample. And then there's, you know, a lot of different string things. Uh, the the Roland Juno has uh, some, you can get these, what they call EXP voice packs that have, some, I've got the orchestra one and it has some very, very nice string patches in it. And I use, especially with the bass and cello, I use those a lot. Uh, I've got uh, a virtual memory mode, Cherry Audio memory mode synthesizer. I use that quite a bit also. Uh, just whatever seems to fit the apart <laughs> uh, it's amazing the the technology out there today and yeah how somebody like yourself can put uh, a recording together like that and you know it, a lot of it like you said is like virtual it's online there's bits and pieces you put it all together and it goes together so nicely you, you'd never know that's the way it was actually uh, created you know yeah mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Yep. How how'd you feel after you got done and you actually sat there and listened to the whole thing? How'd, how'd that make you feel? Uh, I, I really liked it. I was like, you know, really satisfied and, and felt like I had really, you know, composed something worthwhile here. Uh, it was, you know, I, I, I remember actually sitting down and saying, okay, now you got to, sit down and listen to this entire thing in the order that you're putting it and see, you know, how you respond to it. So I went in my room there and shut off the lights and just sat, put on headphones and listened to the whole thing. And yeah, I was, you know, very, very, yeah. That's nice to hear. It really is. And I hope that you continue down that path. I'm sure you're going to like alternate between blues and that and the two identities now and, um, uh, honestly, also, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I was going to say that um, a, a lot of artists will put something out like that and experiment and see what the reception is as far as uh, response and actually people buying CDs and how many streams uh, you have on Spotify and so forth. Um, is that something that's in the forefront of your mind or does that even matter to you? It it's nice. I mean, I would like, you know, I hope that people respond to it and we get some downloads and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, but it won't, that won't make my decision. I mean, I'm already, honestly, I've already started working on another album. Uh, oh. <laughs> it, 
at this point, honestly, I'm getting up in years, and uh, the whole touring and playing in bars thing is probably, I've probably reached the end of being able to do that mentally and physically. Uh, so I think I will most likely just continue in this direction. Uh, it, you know, plus it's new and that's, you know, for me after, you know, I mean, I released my first blues album in 99. Uh, and that's a long time to be playing yeah. that style. And it's just nice to be able to do something so different that, you know, I mean, I mean, every genre, and you know this, every genre has, like, unwritten rules. And it's like you have to, you know, I would start to write songs, and I'd say, well, this is a really cool song, but it's not a blues song, so it has to get shoved to the side. And, right. You know, and so on this one, I didn't edit, because I didn't really know what the rules were. <laughs> so I didn't really edit myself as much. I just let myself write what I wanted to write. And I said, well, I'll just send it to, you know, some promo companies and see what people think. And, uh, you know, I got a very good response from higher level and they were very happy to, to work promotion for it. And so, and every, the reviews I've gotten, and all the response has been really good so far. So it's like, okay, I guess I, you know, hit on here. So, yeah. You know what would be really cool? The next album yeah. you work on is to experiment, put some of that blues guitar in there. I think it would work. I mean, you, you hear a lot of new age with uh, accents of jazz and different things. I think your guitar playing would definitely work with that. Uh, you're not the first person to suggest that. <laughs> so yeah, it, that's yeah, it's probably something I should do. Uh, I feel like I, I mean I, when I first started doing this stuff, I did try putting some guitar into it, but I always felt like the guitar stuff sounded too cliched. That you know, I'm at a a technical level and style level on guitar that I had trouble breaking out of the, the the classic blues thing and playing more interesting stuff. Uh, and I didn't say that right because I'm not saying I can't play interesting stuff, but it just didn't seem to work. But uh, like I said, I've had many other people tell me that also, that I should be trying to combine both. So I definitely yeah. will try a few pizzas, maybe half and half the next album, you know, half of it with guitar, half without. Uh, I don't know, we'll see. But, yeah. But, no, I definitely it is something I need to try. Well, you could always test market it, you know, um, while you're recording the first track you get done in that vein. Put it up there on Spotify as your first single and see what, cool. see how many yeah. streams you get, you know? That yeah. way you, Good point. Yeah. Sticking, sticking your toe in the water and see if it's uh, receptive or not, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, What's that? <laughs> I said, okay, you talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, just thinking about it gets me excited, and uh, I hope you do go try that and go in that direction. I'd be very interested to hear it because 
I love guitar. I love instrumental music. I really do. Yeah, um, I do too. Yeah. It, I just find it more moving because you don't have to focus on the words and what that means. All you're doing is absorbing all the sounds and the colors and the vibrations, and it's you know you let it take you somewhere. And that's what I like yeah. the most about instrumental music. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, I always think it's a great accomplishment as a musician when you can you know, really create an emotion in people without using words, you know. You know, right. that you're, not, you're not saying, hey, this is what you're supposed to feel. It's like, you know, can I make you feel what I felt with this music without using words? And I, I think that's really a neat thing. It is. I think it's a, it's a gift, and it takes a lot of talent to be able to do that. It really does. Because most people need to have the words to, to be right. feeling some emotion. It's like, oh, wow, did you hear that line? You know, where were you when you heard that song? How did it make you feel? You know, those kinds of things yes. that people say. Mm -hmm. um, you, also, you also mentioned, um, I mentioned Buddhism because I've been studying it for a couple of years now, and you mm -hmm. said that you also have been uh, looking at that in, in different philosophies and practices as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I call myself a Taoist. Uh, I read spiritual stuff and meditate every day. Uh, I my my girlfriend, significant other. It always feels weird saying girlfriend when you reach a certain age, but uh, but she <laughs> is uh, she belongs to the uh, the Shambhala Temple in in Gainesville, Florida, and I've gone with her to some of the teachings there. And we actually went, and this was a really neat thing. In uh, Mims, Florida, there is a really beautiful Buddhist temple, but it's Vietnamese, right? And twice a year, they do an English service. And we went, uh, it was just before, I think it was the January before the pandemic, uh, we went for the English service one, one day. And it was really nice. It was a really special day. They have, you know, a service, teachings, and then stand us a vegetarian meal. And it was just, the place is just absolutely beautiful. You know, huge statues and a, you know, nice building and just a really interesting day. Sounds good. Yeah. There are some beautiful places in this world. You know, yes. you, know you, wish, you wish that the media... Uh, would focus in more on that part of the day rather than all the negative things that are going on in the world, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Buddhism and Taoism, I mean, uh, to me, they're very similar. Uh, you know, they uh, Taoism just doesn't really have the, the you know, the, the figure, the central figure like Buddhism does, but a lot of the tenets are very, very similar. A lot of the teachings and a lot of the stories they get told kind of travel back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. A lot of connection there, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a great talk with you, Rick, and uh, I wish you the best with Orchestra Indigo. I look forward to more music in the future, and uh, I hope everybody out there is going to be watching for the release on September 9th, and that's when I'll actually be posting your review as well. Okay. For uh, Sherry's request. And 
I do appreciate your time and we'll sign off for now and look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you again for the great review. I was much appreciated. Oh, thanks. Glad you liked it. Thank you for your time. Take care. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye now.